You're listening to episode 27 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. Today, I wanted to share with you some tips on how you can prepare for the school year. It is summer and we want to take the time to ensure that we are rested. But there are a few things we can do that will make our life so much easier once the whirlwind of August and September sucks us in. In this episode, I will share five things you need to do to get ready. And in the coming episodes, I will dive into greater detail on some of them. The goal of these summer episodes is to provide you with maximum value in short and effective doses so you can take action right away. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. It takes me a couple of weeks in the summer to wind down from the school year. Sometimes I too want to be an ostrich and bury my head in the sand and not think about anything school related. But over the years, I have realized that there are some things that we can do to prepare for the coming school year. And I want to share them with you because they will save you major time. Number one on my list is rest and relax. Sounds like no brainer, but yep, this is the most important thing you must do over the summer. Whether you go to the beach, lounge by the pool, read all day, or visit friends and family, whatever means rest and relax to you, do that thing. I personally do not check work emails throughout July, and I do inform people of that. And I find that this helps my brain uh, disconnect a little bit and allows me to be able to enjoy the time in the present. There's a good reason for this piece of advice. During the school year, we are on a marathon of decision-making, lesson planning, attending meetings, teaching, putting out fires, and so many other things. No wonder that many of us are burnt out towards the end of the school year and barely have the energy for our own families. Trust me, I'm speaking from personal experience. According to research, when we take a moment to recharge and rest our brain, it is fantastic for our mental health. Imagine a room stuffed with furniture and knickknacks and you can't even get into it. Adding one more thing to that room would not make the impact it could if it was emptier. The same with the brain. Once we have some space there, we have much more patience, empathy, our perspective shifts, and we are much more ready to receive and implement new ideas. Speaking of which, number two is do professional development on your own time and terms. In my previous two episodes, I shared professional development opportunities that I highly recommend for you this summer. During the school year, you might not have time or the energy to pursue more knowledge, but summer is the perfect time to catch up on those webinars, summits, and books that have been on your list for some time. Again, I already mentioned I shared books in episode 26 and virtual events on episode 25. One of them is the Confident ESL 
Teacher Summit. Um, so go back to those episodes and I hope you find something useful there. My tip number three is prepare a scope and sequence for your EL students. Now, the scope and sequence is a year-long document that outlines what you're going to teach your English learners and for how long. A lot of content area teachers have their scope and sequence for the subject they teach. For example, a certain skill in September with certain activities following certain standards. However, it might seem like a daunting task for an ESL teacher. After all, many of us do not have a set curriculum and frequently work not only with different proficiency, but also grade levels. If you do not have a scope and sequence and have never even created one, do not fret. Here's a really helpful tip, and it is very simple, just like everything that I share. Think about what level students you have right now or are likely to have in the fall. Do you mostly work with newcomers or do you have intermediates, levels threes and fours? Create the scope and sequence for the group you work with the most or are in experienced in the most. This might be your summer project and I will tell you it doesn't have to be super detailed. However, having a big plan, a yearly roadmap, so to speak, will definitely help you know where you're going. I will get into creating a scope and sequence in greater detail in the next episode, so make sure you tune in to listen to it. My tip number four, or the thing number four that every EL teacher needs to prepare for the school year is review goals for specific language domains. You know your students best. How can you set yourself up for success and them up for success by creating goals for specific language domains. There are different ways to do it, and uh, here's an example. For newcomers, I typically review the WIDA screener as well as an informal assessment that I conduct upon meeting them, and these two assessments inform what I will be focusing on next. I like to set yearly, quarterly, and monthly goals. For example, the goal for the newcomer for the year would be to understand uh, social and instructional language, be able to communicate in it. Uh, They should be able to understand school routines and, of course, you know, make friends. This requires all four language domains. A quarterly goal could be focusing on listening first as this language domain develops the fastest in newcomers because it helps them survive in the new language environment. We need the other three language domains to determine if the student's listening is progressing and therefore in the weekly lessons we will be working on reading, writing, and speaking skills. Now, for intermediate level students, I typically look at their WIDA access scores and the areas where they performed the poorest. In my state, we use WIDA standards and the access progress monitoring test. However, if you are in one of the states that do not use WIDA, such as New York or Texas, take a look at your state assessments and start there. If the area that needs improvement is reading, uh, I then come up with a big goal for the year and smaller goals for the quarter and the weekly goals that are included in my lesson. If it is writing or speaking, I do the same. So sometimes we create goals that include, we include in official documents like individual student language profiles. And the language for that would be student will be able to, or by the end of the year, the student will do X, Y, Z. But the students, um, we want the students to be aware of those goals too. And therefore, if you can include an 
I can statement and include the student in the goals, uh, that would work really, really well. I typically list out what the student, uh, what I want the student to do and the steps, how they will get there. For example, if we want the student to have this big wordy goal, uh, explain processes and reasons of phenomena, or to put it simply, how and why something happens, then you can share the steps. I can explain the processes and reasons of phenomena by using transition words to describe sequence and by giving detailed examples, utilizing adjectives or something like that. And my final tip or final thing that you could do to prepare for the coming school year is to create templates. So there could be a multitude of templates that you could do, but um, over the years, I have uh, three templates that I keep going back to. It's a lesson plan template, a vocabulary slides template, and my daily slides. So templates will really save your life. Lesson plan templates you can reuse over and over again. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. But if you have a template with, let's say, the lesson objective, maybe you want to include the language objectives and the content objectives. Um, if you want to include certain scaffolds that you typically would use, um, these are the things that you can keep going back to and they will allow you to save major time. Um, I also like to create vocabulary slides templates. Um, sometimes I print out the vocabulary worksheets, um, but frequently I assign them on uh, for students um, digitally. And I know I will be working on a lot of vocabulary with the students. So when I assign, when they are familiar with the format of vocabulary slide, um, you know, we can then keep reusing and reusing that slide. I also prepare daily slides, as mentioned, which include agenda for the day and some social emotional check-ins. Um, my students, you know, like to, um, you know, they're teenagers, so they like to have fun and, and all that. And if I uh, find some interesting pictures that help me gauge the temperature of the room, which I typically do at the start of the class, um, sometimes looking for those pictures, it takes some time. So if you have a, a bank of interesting pictures or memes or, or gifts, um, that will save you time and you can have a, a, a little fun at the beginning of each class. And of course, you know, I have my slide, which I say, you know, this is the objective of the class and um, this is what we're going to be doing. So that is all. There you have it. And some of these tips are easier implemented than others. I'm looking at you, scope and sequence. But as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I'd like to hold your hand and give you simple and actionable tips to get you started on your road to successful beginning of the school year. In the next episode, I will share with you what to include in your scope and sequence, as well as an amazing freebie that will give you a head start. Stay tuned and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed 
and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.